FTR's state of freight, capacity to remain tied, and the economy is strong, but there are some mixed signals. How the Denim Amendment could impact the J.B. Hunt mule break trial. We do five good minutes with Ken Evans and Andy Dishner from Connexial. Then we talk about how the Dallas freight market is leading the country and how the Indian logistics industry is still suffering from capacity fragmentation and a labor shortage. I'm JP. And I'm Chad. And we talk about all these topics and more on this week's episode of What the Truck. So, JP, I'm afraid to ask, are you drinking the same um, stinking well, thing? Well, it's a little, you know, obscure IPA from this town called Comstock, Michigan. It's a brewery called Bell's. And yes, Chad, it's too hard. Same old, same old, I guess. Uh, I'm trying a new thing. Uh, it's um, Yeah, what you got going on? Yeah, man, it's a, it's a Southern Gothic from uh, Sierra Nevada. They call it an... They call it an unfiltered pills. But, you know, as I'm, like, looking at this thing, it looks pretty filtered. Clear as a bell. What are they hmm. talking about unfiltered? Interesting. So this, I'm not, I'm not this, feeling it. When I hear Southern Gothic, I think of, you know, some, you know, decaying plantation and rumors of a ghost and, some, you know, some sort of, like, disgraced aristocrat or something like that. But I guess I also think of, you know, a nice, light <laughs> beer that's good to drink when it's hot outside. Oh right, yeah, it's a is confusing that, message. Is that kind of um, what they're what they're going with with the, uh, with the, uh, the Southern the Goth? Uh, I, you know, it's a good question, and um, yeah, I, I think it, it's sending it's mixed like, it's signals. Like a, it's like a fancy Bud Light. Uh, as I'm looking at this in the uh, in the sunlight, it looks incredibly filtered. So I'm very disappointed. Um, Silent Barry is pointing me toward the microphone, so let me get a little closer. And uh, JP, let's let's uh, let's talk about these headlines. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, yeah. So you um, listened to FTR's State of Freight uh, webinar, right? And um, where they, it, I, I really like the FTR webinar because they talk not only about truckload, but also the sort of interplay between trucking and rail and the economics of both and how. You know the spillover, the the sort of the 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 rate, uh, the pricing competition, and the capacity challenges. It's it, Todd Trnowski especially is always a super interesting, super sharp. You pronounced guy. his name very well. Oh, thank it's you. Well, I have also covered this webinar in the past. But why don't you <laughs> tell us about what they said today? Yeah, I, I I like them too for the same reasons, and uh, and they give a very good overview. Not only. Um, Todd, I'm going to just say his first name, uh, Tranowski, is that what you said? Anyway, so. Todd, uh, but Avery Weiss as well, uh, and they get, they gave a really good overview. And one of the things that the, uh, you know what, guess what? The economy remains strong. Shocker. Whoa, haven't right? heard that one before. Yeah, well, we're covering that real well. And guess what else? capacity remains tight tight Tight. yeah no they admitted that they feel like they sound like broken records uh on these issues but you know it's cool like in general there's a lot of positive things happening for the economy but it's getting a little tricky now it's like there are mixed messages some of the mixed Mixed messages it's like what whoa that's, that's distracting uh, um, no, it's. 
I, I feel like there's, let me try to, the spot market remains very hot. Uh, you, you know, we're at full utilization, as they say. But, um, you know, it's like, if things soften at all for the rest of the year, it will only be, be because not the economy is softening, but because uh, capacity is starting to like lengthen out a little bit. With, the, the, with, with infrastructure, infrastructure, especially like, like, so improvements to bridges, highways, overpasses by, you know, like, you know, they're saying like, okay, if the av- average truck velocity goes up in these certain choke points, you know, people are going to get more miles. Therefore, more freaking get moved but we're talking i mean that's a small incremental right right? yeah i I think i'm almost at a loss for words because like there's so much to cover in this webinar and there's so much going on one of the things that i i think um is really like a standout takeaway is that in terms of employment right now across the board we are we are seeing unemployment at historically low levels right and by historic like we haven't seen it below 3.8% since December of 1969. Do you remember what was going on in 69? No, because neither one of us were alive. I mean, yeah. right. So that's no. what I mean by historic. The uh, My dad was in an aircraft carrier off Vietnam. That was that was about all I know. Whoa. Uh and so so this is the interesting part. They said and they showed us a chart and they were they were talking about it the economic rules might be changing a little bit. I don't know. Here, here's a, here's a, have you heard this before? Like you're already saying you don't yeah, know. Go on, go on. Well, they were just saying that like if you have if you add stimulus, like yeah, in my lifetime, whenever they added, you know, the feds added stimulus, it was always kind of like, oh, this is going to kind of kind of help things move along in the economy, maybe loosen things up for for growth. Maybe not so. Now they're right. suggesting right. that it we're could lead. Out. It could lead to inflation. Yeah. Uh, no, and that's that's. I think that's what's been happening. I mean, yeah, there are, it seems like know, there are signs of that. Inflation is, you know, I think this this month it was two point eight percent year over year. Um, I think ha- housing, or like sorry, uh, yeah. b- building materials in the retail yeah. sales of building materials, which you know accounts um, for. It, it actually doesn't account for raised prices, so inflation makes it go up. Uh, was like two point four percent month over month, um, but so it's growing super fast. And briefly, what 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 is interesting about housing? It's one of the few things in the economy that isn't growing. It's they're 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 pointing at it as going kind of side to side. But it, it, but everything costs more. Yeah, they're saying that the good news about this is that perhaps like housing prices have have stabilized and leveled off, and maybe they're 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 really high right now. So this could be like a positive near-term signal, but for right now, it remains pretty static. Right. One of the things I, I wanted to get back to on the employment side yes. was just that we've been, you know, the, the Fed, you know, they, they, sorry, not the Fed, but the government talks about there being sort of a natural level of unemployment, like about 4%, which is just sort of a normal sort of homeostatic you know, people changing jobs, people, you know, some companies get, have layoffs, whatever. Um, yes. That, that's, you know, considered a natural level. We've been below that for a while now. And what that tells me about like the driver shortage yeah. is that at an industry like scale, we are not going to solve the driver shortage period. There's no answer. There's not, there's not enough people that don't have jobs. 
Like yes. one company might be able to see their trucks better than another company or something like that. But we are not going to be able to add significant numbers of drivers. We are. It's, it, yeah. it's running at capacity. And as you say, any more stimulus, any more demand for freight is just going to cause crazy amounts of price inflation. Right. Yeah. And they, we're, it's, it's right now. I mean, if, if you look around the country, it's. It, you know, prices are inflated. They're moving up steadily in most markets. Not not crazy though. But um, I was talking. To, I was talking to Zach, especially in intermodal. They're terrible. Intermodal, yeah. But I was talking to Zach Strickland about this the other day, and we were kind of of the mind that you know, a ma- one major event is all it's going to take to send everything th- through the roof. Everything is operating, you know, as tightly as it can go. Like. If if you look at what happened in Florida on Mother's Day with the reefers and how that shot up, like yeah. you know, if a hurricane hits, something like that, you know, what, what, basically what happened last last fall, last summer, things could get really unstable and chaotic and crazy. Possibly, I mean, we don't want to be alarmist here. Maybe so. Like, what would be a tipping point to really add to it? Uh, but uh, speaking of which, like, you know how everything's connected. Right. Uh, you know, in in the uh, logistics industry. Right. Well, speaking of what you're talking about, they did talk about competitive. They talked about hiring, and they said, given the demand in the market, you might think that trucking should be adding even more jobs, even after the blip of a lot of people jumping off of of the ship with the ELD thing. Right. And they said, but consider what the trucking industry is up against, and you, you'll probably guess it: construction. Manufacturing. And manufacturing, right. yes, right. have added 545,000 jobs this year, which are uh, also mm. jobs that directly compete with trucking. And as Vice said, trucking it's a double is, Trucking has added probably, what, fifteen to 20,000 jobs this year, max? I think last, you know, I last heard, month they added like 5,600. Well, that's exactly... Well, they actually, it was six, they said 6,600 okay. from April was, to May. Okay. So very, very close. Yeah, it's very right on... It, so exactly it's, in the it's wheelhouse. Orders of magnitude below, you know, what... I would the, say what as many th- as probably 30,000 by now over, you know, in this year. Well, um, I know one, one month they lost. It went down slightly. There there was a blip on the radar they were talking about. Anyway, true, the, the point true, is true. they uh, they've, they've added this and you, you make an excellent, excellent point. Um, about about um, the the driver squeeze issue. Uh, there's other things like other talking points in the if we're just like giving a lay of the land of the industry. Um, we've seen the uh, FMCSA add the, uh, the the personal conveyance uh, guidance uh, and, right, and you right, know right. And, which basically the long and short of that is that they're saying that not only well the long and short the short is that. There's like, oh, interesting. Maybe there'll be a little bit of flexibility in, in, for the hours of service. And, and Vi, every vice also suggested that long, a little bit of a longer term look here is that we're probably going to be seeing a pendulum swing toward deregulation. Yeah, I, I definitely against, agree with that. Yeah. Against, and we, yeah, that's I, every, everything we've been hearing from the mm-hmm. FMCSA recently, especially with um, um, Commissioner Martin or uh, Administrator Martinez. Uh, yep. suggests that they're really trying to do anything that they can do to keep this economy going and, you know, kind of ratchet. And they're doing it to their to their good credit. Like, yeah. it really does seem like it's not just talk. Right. 
Um, another interesting talking point uh, as we segue to our next headline is uh, they they pointed out that you know the Supreme Court's decide the, the the California Supreme Court's deciding not to review the J.B. Hunt's appeal. No, sorry, that's the U.S. Supreme Court. Oh, decided not to. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. The U.S. Supreme Court's decision not to review the J.B. Hunt's appeal in California. Uh, what <clears throat> is that? To, to them, this trial overshadows all other legislative issues. They said it is the issue. So it's the issue. And what's and what's the issue? The issue is that what's going to happen with uh, you know independent operators and contractors and how are they yeah, going to so, be viewed? Yeah, and so in 1994 there was a there was a, a you know federal law passed saying that states can't really, should not interfere with the transportation industry in their operations, in their pricing, in their labor relations, all of that. Yes. Um, Congress basically said that this is clearly interstate commerce. This is clearly, you know, um, falls under what, what is it like? um, Some clause, you know, the interstate commerce clause in the constitution. It's Congress's responsibility, not the state's. California. That's the bottom line. Is it a state thing or is it a is it a federal thing? And California, in the meantime, ha- has tried to impose their own state minimum wages on truck drivers, um, people who might even be based outside of California, but you know work in California and then come out. Um, they also have things like mandatory meal breaks, mandatory rest breaks, etc. And so, essentially, I think what has happened is that a coalition of drivers in California have sued some very large companies, including J.B. Hunt. Yeah, it all began with, like, you know, some employees, you know, saying that they didn't actually take their 30-minute meal break, and they didn't actually take their 10-minute rest break rest break and they didn't do this for long periods of time and probably some it was i think it was some a disgruntled employee you know who wasn't happy with getting terminated for whatever reason said that you know as a matter of fact i never took the this break right uh and now you owe me millions of dollars for back back pay right and this case has actually been pending for 11 years as you And, and um you know, I think the Ninth Circuit recently ruled on it. The Supreme Court declined to review it. And so now I believe it's final, the, yeah, finally the, going to go to trial. The Ninth Circuit Court ruled that transportation law does not prohibit individual states from setting its own rules about wages and breaks. Um, that's the point, right? So in our next headline, how does the Denim Amendment uh, impact the J.B. Hunt meal break trial? Which we find very interesting from our... Right. Um, all right, tell us what the From denim young amendment and new is. correspondent Ashley Coker, right, who has covered this uh, so well. Uh, well, I just I find it fascinating that uh, this uh, House passed denim Queller Costa amendment that it you know possibly you know could completely make this whole case go away. Essentially, like it could take out the California's jurisdiction in all of this because they could basically say it would um, the amendment, as yeah. it's written, yep. would, would clarify Congress's intention to have primary regulatory authority over interstate commerce and end 
as they're calling it, the erosion of this authority by states who impose meal and rest break rules uh, that run counter to national uniformity. That's a statement that ATA officials made, and they support it, right, right. which sounds right in league with what ATA. Um, it's it's quite interesting because well, it, is. it has you know we're right, it's it's a it's a complex. Alida, topic. by the way. Opposes the yeah. amendment. Speaking of fragmentation of in the industry, right? Um, they well, basically, they they said uh, you know they they oppose it. They express concern about the potential loss of pay uh, for detention time and safety inspections and paperwork and other non-driving tasks. But to me, that's not really what the issue is. Exactly, and as a matter of fact, these very new that we just mentioned, these very new um, regulatory. Uh, the, 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 the possible like uh, exceptions to the rule, the, the guide, the conveyance guidance right, right, right. could like take out that issue. Like if you get a little bit of flexibility with your conveyance guidance and the, the small people, the small amount of people in, in agriculture, but like it, it's like those issues you can get paid for. Also, in terms of like if, 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 if good carriers like give you like special packages and compensation for like all the extra duty that you do as a trucker, like and, and you're already getting paid for when you help unload or load and all the detention times and all the myriad ways that you may like not have been historically paid for your work and right, now you right, are, right. like then may I recommend that we like get behind some regulatory things for all truckers? It yeah. Seems- yeah, definitely. And like what, what's interesting to me about this whole dispute is that we're seeing this sort of, you know, classic, you know, high school civics battle between, you know, the courts, <laughs> the States, the, the U S Congress, yeah. all, you know, trying to define like what the law is and what it should be. And, 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 you know, these federalist questions and things like that. It's quite complicated, but we're going to keep covering it. And we have some really smart people who are, you know, paying attention to it, who are in touch with the staffs of the legislators um, involved in it. And, you know, just keep following FreightWaves.com if you want to see how this shakes out, because we're going to keep working on it. We are. And, and you know, details to become available as they're ready. Uh, you know, also, um, what's, what's interesting, JP, um, you know, last week, uh, our market analyst, Zach Strickland wrote a piece called the Los Angeles freight market gets a wake up call yeah. uh, off of inflow from China that correlated spiking outbound turndowns from the LA market with right, the right, surge right. in port activity in LA yep. and Long Beach it occurs every May. But now we're seeing data in sonar suggesting that the freight market is heating up somewhere else. You want to tell us about that? Yeah. So basically all of this freight has come over from Asia for the big summer push. And now it's working its way through the network. And we're seeing a ton of activity in Dallas. So the um, rate at which tendered loads are being rejected, leaving Dallas, has gone up by 54% in the past three months. Whereas the national average... It's making its way through the nation. Right the national target. average, it's kind of declined 6%. So we, we have, we're looking at a spread of 60% between how Dallas has performed and how the national average has performed 
in the past three and months. And it's right on target, and it's what we would historically expect, but our data is literally backing it up and demonstrating this. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 actually really interesting. I mean, there we talked to some brokers um, uh, at a... I'll just say a Chicago-based, nationally recognized, you know, huge brokerage who said that um, the Miller Coors plant um, in Fort Worth has been done, you know, which makes I think like nine million barrels of beer a year. They've been dumping tons of loads onto the um, spot market for reefers. We've seen those turn down spike fifty percent in the past week. Um, so. To some extent, the Dallas turndowns might be led by that kind of activity. Basically, when summer hits the Southwest and the Southeast, people start consuming a lot more beverages. And all of those beverages are brought to them by trucks. And that's what kind of what we're seeing. But there's another in, really interesting piece of sonar data that really shows how the freight hit the West Coast and is now moving through the Dallas hub. And we think, you know, the next places to heat up will be your, you know, your Chicago, your Philly, your Atlanta, but that, that, that's our trucks in market heat map. Right. And if you look at that, you can really see how capacity has been moving East out of, out of um, California. So San Diego has dropped down to 90% of its average trucks in market. Ontario, which is, you know, East of LA, uh, has dropped to 91%. LA's dropped to 92%. Meanwhile, Dallas is up to 106%. Laredo, 110%. Houston, 107%. Shreveport, 109%. Crazy. Texarkana, 111%. And it's if you look at the map, all of those um, KMAs, all those key market areas are kind of in a line just coming out of LA. And so it's really, I mean, we can really see the freight flowing through through the national network um and right now there's there's a ton of action in in dallas crazy awesome good to see uh speaking of briefly we would be remiss not to cover uh some you know each time we try to cover a global topic and something happening outside of the u.s so that we're not so so ethnocentric here one of the uh fascinating things happening um, is is you know is is in Indian logistics um, and you know one of their issues they in a lot of ways in that developing it's a developing country in a lot of ways yeah so this was a story by Vishnu who um, you know is from India he's based in Germany he kind of covers like global issues European freight uh, European startups yeah and he wrote this really cool just um, think piece really about kind of the state of the Indian transportation and logistics industries. Yes, and he interviewed some uh, you know, key players in the supply chain space. And one of them said that the pressing problem that the Indian industry faces now is uh, and is likely to face in the near future is the capacity fragmentation across the country. Sounds a little familiar in that way. Oh, yeah. They recently, one of the things they passed recently to uh, try to alleviate some of the pressure but it's not completely doing it, is the goods and services tax. And it, it, it's supposed to mellow the problem, as they say. And, and you know, But it's still like they, they suffer from a lack of capacity visibility. Uh, enforcement hasn't been great there. And, you know, and, and while technology is having a small impact, they, it's still entrenched in a lot of conservative practices in the country. 
I, I don't know if that sounds um, familiar or not. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's India is so interesting when you compare it to the U.S. because in in some ways it's very much like the U.S. was, you know, maybe thirty or forty years ago when hmm. it's sort of overregulated. The um, the laws haven't caught up to really enable a truly interconnected, um, you know, nationally bound freight economy. Um, has pretty um, you know shitty infrastructure in some places, things like that, right? Yeah. And on the other hand, though, yeah. th- there are things about the about India that match perfectly on, onto the U.S., which is like, yes, the, you know, transportation and logistics providers are extremely fragmented, uh, and 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 um, the, you know, they uh, the, the, these in- Indian companies have been sort of leapfrogging the decades of slow, painful progress in, in the U S and have embraced a lot of like digital technologies to, you know, to, to match loads and things like that. Like think, they're, they're already there. So it's, it's very interesting, you know, it's developing, but it's like, it's, 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 I would say it's, um, very sort of uneven development. I think right? it must be. Yeah. And I think that's part of the issue. They have this, you know, like a gigantic population, <clears throat> and, 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 you know, employment issues. So it's very different in that way. And it, exactly, it seems like some of the, the tech savvy folks are leapfrogging over, you know, like, and, and, and then all of, like, it puts pressure on the government, all of these folks that are like remaining unemployed and what do they, what do we do with them? Yeah, yeah. So it's so, it's so crazy to me, you know, that um, what would Vishnu found about an Indian labor shortage? I would think, you know, I've, I've been to India a little bit, but yeah. you know, one thing I noticed was there right. were a lot of people, a lot of people there, <laughs> and so but one point two billion ish, yeah, and you know, growing, um, right? But he was really saying like what the industry, what the country needs though, are you know like very tech savvy brokers. They need supply chain managers. They need analytics people. They need you know kind of like transportation strategists and that's that, those are the kind of people that they don't have indeed and we have them here and speaking of you know like just tracking things and elds and like what's going on in the industry one of the exciting things that we have to offer you today is our five good minutes with ken evans and andy dishner that we recorded actually at transparency 18 yeah, it was so fun to talk to these guys from Connexial. Uh, they demoed. It went really well. And um, yeah, let's let's get into the interview. Ken Evans, founder of Connexial, creator of the My20 ELD driver app, is here with us, along with Andy Dishner, COO of Connexial. And we are about to play five good minutes. Ken, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's go. Ready or not, here we come. What do you think the ELD mandate is going to mean for the industry? When do you see big changes coming? And do you think this will help or hinder the driver's squeeze? Yeah, so I think the short-term answer to that from our perspective is that you're through the worst of the capacity loss, right? So you were going to have an initial capacity loss from the small independent guy who uh, may not have been running legal. Um, But we see that after you get through that, you're going to have massive long-term gains in productivity. And the reason is because once you surface all that data and you make it available to the free market in a transparent fashion, 
people are going to fill up the trucks. So you can get by, you know, there's 20% of the miles in the country that get wasted every year right now. That's 50 billion miles. So wow. you may not address all 50, but what if you make a 10% impact in that 50 billion? That's right. a lot of miles. It's like adding 10% drivers. Exactly. Andy, what would you add to I that? I would say that the light's already turned on and the information's available. And now what's happening is... Um, you can see the data is there to show what type of time the drivers are losing sitting at docks because they're unproductive. And as, right. that, as that light's turned on and those hours are more productive, the industry's going to change, shipper behavior changes, yep. and uh, trucks are on a road where they need to be. We are yeah. seeing that a little bit. All right, and the next question we have is, what's the patent you've got behind the GoLoad technology? And how is GoLoad a differentiator on the market? Sure. So there's two questions there. Let's take them one at a time. Uh, the patents that we filed are around the predictive analytics nature of creating what we call dynamic capacity bubbles. So what dynamic capacity bubbles do is they follow the driver in real time, and we use algorithms to predict what the driver's uh, range is based on a lot of metadata and parameters. So when someone surfaces a requirement, we can instantly run an algorithm, say, how many drivers in our radar system, our live radar system, have the capability of doing this load? So it enables us to do things that other people haven't been able to do yet. That's the nature of the IP. Um, okay. the, the other question is, well, why is this different than anything else out there? Um, you can study all the other digital freight companies out there. There's no one else out there bringing a free market transparency solution. So basically, um, all the other digital freight companies out there are taking an intermediary model and just digitizing it, moving it to the digital realm. So what's different about us is we believe that the free market and transparency are what are going to win customers over. And that we believe that everybody deserves uh, to have that HUD statement for a freight transaction. They need to see uh, what all the fees are involved in it. So is it scalable? So, is, it, is it is it is it um, open source? I, well, how is it how is it open to the free market? So it's yeah. So that's a good question. So open to the free market means that we're agnostic. We will work with any telematics ELD provider that okay. wants to build this platform in. Uh, we also open it up to any TMS system that wants to provide it as a new source of capacity. Uh, and we've built a business model that basically shares value. So if you're another ELD provider and you want to build this in, we actually will allow ELD providers, we enable ELD providers to uh, make a transactional fee to participate in the transaction. So he who provides the data uh, on the assets gets paid. Terrific. Interesting. Wow. And um, and so this is really about like letting letting shippers see where the capacity is mm -hmm. on like a driver by driver sort of level with every everything yeah. like sort of measured. Yeah. And on the on the driver side, giving the driver access to loads quickly uh, in the lane without that they want to move search. on without having to look. At, you know, just by tapping, fit, fit tapping. into like what he, you know, the amount of hours he has left, exactly. or what he can do, or where. Yeah, he's so we to go. we exactly. showed in our presentation what we call a smart hierarchy, right? So we're we're you start with location data, and then you move down to hours of service, then you move down to financial concerns, then you move down to 
you know, even down to driver preference. So there's multiple levels of data and based on the amount of data that we can obtain that drivers are willing to share with us, we can provide them better results. That sounds That's, terrific. Sounds yeah. Wow, awesome. and you did it in 456. Very impressive, guys. There you go. And that's a, you know, that's a, it's a lot of data. It's a lot of information coming at you. Um, but I think that's a digestible chunk from an awesome, exciting company. You've you've done a number of patents, right? I mean, you've got mm-hmm. your, your, your your you have it's Go Load is your new thing. Yeah. But you have the ELD, my ELD twenty. My twenty ELD. And what was the second? The Go. Go. Go load is the load matching service. What's the, well, you had another one. I feel like freight blocks. We didn't yes. even talk about freight blocks. Right, Maybe right, next right. time we'll talk right. about freight we'll get blocks. Another five minutes, right? <laughs> All right. Yes. Yeah, so um, we'll we'll do that. It's Ken and Andy from Connexio. Can I ask one more question? Yes. Of Where do we get one of these cool T-shirts? Let's give them a free T-shirt, man. <laughs> you ask and you shall receive. Silent Barry. Appreciate Thanks. what you guys are doing to raise Thank awareness. Thanks, really man. Awesome. Well, share the love. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Good All right. Times. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks again to Ken and Andy and all that they are doing for the industry in trying to help find solutions and improve the technology. Fill those empty miles. And visibility and traceability in the industry. We barely have time for big deal, little deal. We are raising the ante. Yeah, dude. You went crazy this week. (laughs) We have a lot to to cover. Instead of three topics each, we're going to do four topics each. And I really want us to make sure that we cover these eight topics in two minutes or less. And, uh, well, are you ready, JP? I'm ready. Well, ready or not, here we come. Sultan of Sonar, Zach Strickland, a lead data and economic analyst in real time. Big deal or little deal? Big deal. Um, Not only when you sign up for Sonar, you get our data, but you also get access to our data scientists in the Slack channel. Ask some questions, give them feedback. It's awesome. Lumber market update, future prices still breaking records. Big deal or little deal? Big deal. It's driving up the cost of housing. Um, Lumber is the most expensive it's ever been. Freight Waves raises $13 million in oversubscribed Series A funding led by 8VC. Big deal or little deal? I'd say a little deal. No, just kidding. Huge deal. <laughs> um, so awesome to partner with the guys at AVC and Jake Medwell. And, um, you know, we're just looking forward to growing a lot in the next year. Commodities rallying, outperforming equities in 2018. Big deal or little deal? Big deal. Um, commodities sucked for the past couple of years. And now they're picking back up. And um, it's spurring all kinds of capital expenditure in resource extraction here and around the world. Stiefel says that U.S. dry bulk exports are up as global demand for coal and grain rise. Big deal or little deal? Big deal for intermodal and barge activity in the U.S., but little deal on the international scale. Trucker Path is pushing the needle on the parking problem. Big deal or little deal? Big deal. Anything that pushes the needle with technology, even if it's not infrastructure, on the parking problem is big. How to be a carrier of choice, or do they even exist? Big deal or little deal? Little deal? The logistics industry is a relationship game, yes, but I've, I think it's if it's shippers that should be getting within, within the carrier's good graces. U.S. Express makes its initial public offering at $16 a share. Big deal or little deal? Huge! 
huge deal! The nation's fifth largest carrier going public. Thank you, U.S. Express, for being one of the pioneers to trucking in Chattanooga and really all freight alley! And that'll do it for the big stories this week. As always, we go into more detail about each of the topics we've talked about today on our website, FreightWaves.com. We will continue to publish this podcast weekly, so be sure to subscribe to What the Truck on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, make sure to leave us a review to let us know what you think of our new podcast. And if you're interested in freight economics and finance, come to our Market Waves Conference at the Gaylord Texan Resort and Convention Center in Grapevine, Texas, this November. Visit marketwaves18.com to learn more about this event. That'll do it for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week on What What the the truck. Truck.